0: hello you're listening to the mr money podcast mr money Jar here this episode is taken from an instagram live and has been uploaded in its entirety this means that some of what you hear may seem odd in an audio format for example there might be references to questions that appeared during the live plus some audience interaction and very rarely some swearing or audio mishaps thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed the show Hello all, welcome to episode 62 of the Mr. Money Jar Show. We are going to be joined today by Nikita Tu and we're going to be talking about rebuilding the national curriculum. So uh, when I first connected with Nikita about doing this episode, we got to talking about some of the ways we would like to see money taught about in, in schools that we perhaps didn't get when we were younger or isn't being done um now and uh with lots of guests I've had on this show the topic of personal finance in school or the absence thereof is something that comes up a lot so it'll be really interesting to hear what um nikita has to say today um i'm in the same location by the way just uh i've got a, a bit of extra kit and so the background is slightly different this week hope um yeah hope hope it works for everyone I can see Nikita has requested to. Hey, Nikita. Hi. Hey. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thanks. How are you?
0: I am very good, thank you. It's great to uh, speak to you again. It's been a while since we've had the had a chat
1: yeah it's been it's been ages everything's got so busy, things are opening up. the world's getting a bit more exciting again, so yeah, yeah it's, it's been a while.
0: Have you found the transition from uh like lockdown life to slightly more um kind of outside life?
1: um I think my social skills have declined greatly, so <laughs> I, I'm trying to build those back up
0: <laughs> all right.
1: Yeah. So you'll be out and then like your social battery might start dying by like eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. and I don't know if you're much of an introverted person, but like for those who are more on the like I side of the scale than the E side, um, those social batteries are quite low to start off with.
1: Yeah. See, I, I enjoy my own company, but I do like to go out. So I'm sort of like I'm, I'm quite well balanced. But now I'm trying I'm finding it a bit hard to sort of stay out. I think it's because I'm getting tired as well. (laughs) 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 I'd rather just go to sleep, to be honest. But yeah, I do like being out. It's actually really good to be out now. Apart from spending money, um, yeah, I like it out there.
0: Awesome. Well, let's dive straight in. Do introduce yourself to everyone and let them know a bit about what you do.
1: Hey everyone, my name is Nikita and I'm the founder of Young Spender and Young Spender it's financial education and coaching for young people. Um, So just imagine I put young people in bold um, because I do believe young people are sort of left out when it comes to financial education. Now of course they can read and see things around and um, digest anything that let's just say for argument's sake that older people can digest but at the same time I think Some of the things out there might put a bit of pressure on these younger people. So, for example, you may go onto a page that has um, information on financial education on there. And what they're doing is they're speaking about, you know, buying your first property. But a young person at the age of 14, 15, 16, even 25 might be thinking, oh, my gosh, they're talking about buying a house. Why haven't I got one yet? so i mean if you jump on my page um off the top of my head i don't think there's much on there about you know purchasing a property not that i won't ever put anything on there but at the same time i just don't want to apply too much pressure we need to be focusing on the foundations young people need to be focusing on okay what can i do right now like in this moment this very moment that will help me hopefully get to that level of you know buying a house um financing a car and, you know, things like that. So I do believe that, you know, younger people, their their focus is just sometimes a bit, a bit, I'll tell you, can I say wild? You can say wild. Yeah, <laughs> because there's just so much pressure put on them. Now, I actually watched a video a couple of days ago and it was these young people in a setting. I don't know if you've ever seen, have you ever seen Backchat? The conversation where people are in like a kitchen. Yeah, that, yeah. So it was sort of like that, but it was these young people speaking amongst themselves. And a girl was saying, oh, um," she said something along the lines of, if you're at the age of like 17, 18, 19, I don't understand why you're sort of living off the bank of mum and dad. And I was thinking, wow, the pressure is crazy over there because at the age from the age of like 16 to however old you need to be to live off the bank of mum and dad if your parents are you know sort of giving you money you're going to uni you're being educated and things like that I see nothing wrong with it honestly I don't because you know when some people go to uni they get a part-time job and then they want more money and then they start to um, sort of forget about their studies and just start focusing on making money now, of course, some people's parents can't, you know, fund their, fund their life um, when they're at uni or, you know, um, in education. But at the same time, if you are able to take advantage of the bank of mum and dad, obviously don't take advantage as in take all of their money. But, you know, if your parents are able to sort of, you know, give you money for travel, books, you know, those sort of things. I don't understand why, you know, these, these young people were having a conversation where they were pressuring people under the age of 20 to, you know, go out there, start working. Um, you know, the girls that were speaking were wearing like designer clothes and things like that. So they were probably thinking, okay, you guys don't look like us. Why are you not wearing the Palm Angels? Why are you not wearing the Gucci, the Louis Vuitton, things like that? And honestly, we don't we get your 20% off. <laughs> like it's absolutely fine. But, you know, I feel like there's just a lot of pressure on young people. And I think it starts with, you know, when they're at school, nobody speaks to them about the value of money. Nobody speaks to them about the value of time as well. Because some young people, for example, I even did this when I was younger. At the age of, I think, maybe 18, I had two jobs. So I was spending a lot of my time working but I should have really been spending that time on, you know, thinking about, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want my future to look like? I didn't have any goals in mind. I, I can't remember having a single goal other than go to work and make money. Mm-hmm. And that's a, cra- that's a crazy goal because I made the money. God knows what I did with it. Um, so I feel like there's just so much pressure and all young people in the UK should be going to school. So I feel like that's a, a great place for them to speak to young people about money.
0: Yeah, there's just so many things you said in there that would be great to unpack. Before we do though, I just want to shout out Tash, Ellis and CC Ray. Hope I pronounced that um properly. Great to see you guys in the comments. Uh CC Ajay, um, great to see you um as well. I think what you said has uh resonated with a lot of people. Um I remember being young and money being a lot of the focus and it wasn't necessarily to grow wealth or anything like that it was more because of what that money could could buy you yeah
1: Um,
0: and I'd be interested to get your take on this dichotomy between like the pressure that you speak of for young people to move out yeah um, but then also this kind of desire to pass on generational wealth and you know something that that gets so it's like if we're encouraging people not to rely on the bank of mum and dad then what are these people going to pass down to their kids do you think that there's maybe a conflict there
1: um so sorry do you say when you're encouraging people not to live off the bank bank of mum and dad
0: so what sorry if it wasn't clear but what (laughs) what i feel is happening is that in some cases, these very same people that are telling people not to live off the bank of mum and dad okay. are the same who are championing generational wealth.
1: Okay. So you're saying that those people that, you know, are saying don't live off the mon- bank of mum and dad, go out there and work and, you know, make a living for yourself so that you can build up a, um, a generation. Is that what you're essentially saying? Yeah. 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 Um, so... To be honest i don't think there's a problem with any of the options so for example if you're living off the bank of mum and dad in your you know you're going to university you're going to college you're going to school all those great things um or you're you're going out you, you know you're going to work you're making your own money no matter where you're getting that money from always have a plan literally have a plan and goals in place so there's no use for example in you know you're living off the bank of mum and dad, but you're literally just, you know, staying at home all day, doing nothing, watching Netflix, playing PlayStation every single day. Um, so, you know, have a plan in mind. Hopefully, you know, those people that are living off, you know, their parents' money, which I would have been really grateful for when I was younger. Um, hopefully they're, they're actually doing something. Like, for example, you know, getting an education, um, you know, s- starting a business because not everybody wants to go into education at the end of the day. Um starting a business or, you know, just sort of getting their ducks in order so that eventually um, when they are at a stage where they can, you know, start their business or when they graduate or anything like that, they are now able to, you know, they've got that mindset that I want to go out there. I want to work. I want to save some money. um, I want to, you know, buy, purchase assets and things like that. And that's exactly the same thing for people that are, you know, working, making their own money. So have a plan in place, because at the end of the day, the only way that we can build generational wealth is, you know, you've got to start somewhere. You literally have to start somewhere. And I saw a quote before. I can't remember which page it was on, but it was saying that um, generational wealth may be one life insurance policy away. Now, that might sound so morbid. Honestly, it might sound morbid. But, for example, if I was to have kids and I had the life insurance policy, which I do, And my payout, let's say, for argument's sake, was one hundred and fifty thousand pounds. That would then be passed down to them. And then it would be like, okay, they've got that money now. They can now that generation, you know, is a bit more more wealthy than I was. So then they can hopefully throughout their life. I've now taught them, you know, purchase assets, do good things with your money, budget your money, all this sorts of stuff. And then it just carries on. So it's all, about, it's all about the mindset, really, when it comes to generational wealth. It's all about um, even considering the, the generation after you because some people just think about themselves. It's, just, it's really easy to think about yourself, to be honest, You know about what I want to do with my money and how I want to spend my money and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, especially in the curriculum, I don't think there's a lot of talk even about assets. Like, I don't think it's really explained what an asset is. I can't remember ever being told where an asset is until I started studying accounting, to be honest, there Mm. there was nothing there because I did, I did do accounting at A levels, but before that, didn't know what an asset was, had no idea. But yeah, it's the curriculum. I do believe it needs rebuilding so that generational wealth can become more of a thing, but will it happen? (laughs) Got no idea.
0: Yeah. Um, and the curriculum is a topic of today's life. So far, we've talked about the pressure on young people. It would be great to yeah. come to the curriculum and get your thoughts on that as well. Just uh, reading through the comments, uh, Simone Lisa Kennedy says, yay, I made it onto a live. Great to see you, Simone, welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, Finance Reboot um, says, also there's a lot of misleading information online on investing for young people. They see fashion oh, yeah. cars and clothes. This is um, in response to the conversation we were having about pressure um our finance reboot also says also important for us parents to lead by example completely agree yeah so Nikita, when it comes onto to the curriculum specifically you were just talking about the fact that you didn't learn about what an asset was when you were at school are yeah. there any things that you know now that you wish you had been taught back then
1: um so i wish i'd been taught back then you know um even when it comes to Uh, a mortgage you hear about a mortgage all the time because you know you'll hear your parents mostly mostly complaining about it saying oh my gosh it's so expensive and things like that but back then I wish I knew how it actually worked you know even the percentage of the of the um of the mortgage that you need to pay as a deposit well of the property sorry that you need to pay as a deposit I wish I knew that back then
0: that's that's something that you could actually start building towards even in a small way if you knew that exactly
1: Sure. Exactly. So I wish I knew that back then because you know, it's only when you get to a certain age or if you hopefully hear about it somewhere that you're like, Wow, okay, for example I need twenty percent of the of the property price for a deposit. But now, you know, you've reached the age of, let's say, twenty one and you wanted to buy a house by the time you're twenty five, and you're just like, Wow, it's gonna take me a little while to start building that up. So That's I wish you know I wish I knew that way back you know, when I started working. The crazy thing is in this country, you can start working from the age of 16, but you don't know anything about money. So it's like, you know, in school, they teach you how to write your CV. You're writing a CV to go and make money, but nobody's actually saying to you, not telling you what to do with it, but, you know, giving you suggestions. It's, It just doesn't happen. So it's like you've got, you've actually, in the curriculum, I believe there is room to actually give this information because if you're telling me, okay, I need all of this stuff on my CV, you know, about the great things that I've done at school and, you know, all my achievements, you can at least, you know, drop in a little, you know, half an hour session to say, okay, guys, when you guys start working, when your CVs are a success, when you start working, when you make that first paycheck, what are you going to do with it? You know, just get the people going, get their minds, you know, in um in gear but instead you're saying write a cv go to work make money and yeah dot 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 <laughs> like what you like what, what you do after that that's that's all on you
0: yeah um that was definitely my experience of of going to school quite a lot of focus on careers and not so much um on personal finance investing yeah. property that sort of thing um I certainly had a much better idea of how to buy like trainers and video games than I did around um, house deposits, which is sort of a function of how society works. Um, I'm not asking this question to get into conspiracy theory territory, although if that's where you'd like to go, then go for it. Why do you think we're not taught these things? And what do you think the purpose of school fundamentally is?
1: So I think we're not taught these things because of basically how they want society to work. I'm not a conspiracy theorist either. I'm not a teacher as well, so I, I, you know, I don't have the national curriculum in front of me, but I've been to school, so I guess I can have an opinion. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I've not been to a private school. I went to public school, but I have been told that in private schools, they do touch on financial education. Now that does make a lot of sense because it's like, okay, you guys are gonna be major successful. You guys are gonna, you know, help with the economy. GDP is going to be great because of you guys. So now let's help you out. But when it comes to public school, it's like, okay, you guys are not paying to be here. So we need you to be sort of like vocational workers. (laughs) So, you know, we're we're not going to teach you guys how to manage your money because we just want you guys to get the first job that you can get, stay there. And hopefully when I come to the supermarket, you'll be packing my bags. (laughs) So So I believe
0: sort of minimum viable education situation going
1: on yeah yeah they they don't want you to have that education because it's almost as if you'll then go and do great things but they really need people to do other stuff which is not great at all because even if for example you was to be working in sainsbury's there's nothing wrong with that because it's not how much money you make is what you do with it so i just think that they are trying to create like the tiers in society in terms of you know like they want to keep the lower class the middle class the upper class and things like that and one way to do that is to sort of make um make there be a divide in careers and how much money you make and things like that
0: and then if we focus on like looking for oh um another comment from finance reboot which is formal education teaches you how to be a good employee but doesn't prepare you on how to manage your finances and save like a bear says oh my this is spot on got my first job at 16 second um shopping addiction by 19 traveled the world on leftovers then looked up what a mortgage was so yeah this um continuing theme of us being in a consumer-centric society consumption it must be said is very important like we do need to spend money on things you need to have a roof over your head to pay for your bills um i did a post today um about like the value of spending money on things like experiences and creating memories Mm -hmm. with your loved ones i think all of these things are important so if we look forward then and kind of looking at the name of our life as well how would you rebuild the curriculum um what do you think we should be teaching and how early would you start
1: um, so I have a younger brother who's 12 yeah. and he of course plays playstation because which 12 year old doesn't <laughs> <laughs> so he would call me for v-box all the time so that's money for Fortnite or yeah I think um yeah and these things are expensive honestly I don't have my own kids so I'm just like thank god because they'll be asking me for V bucks as well and i couldn't fund both of their lifestyles so they'll be calling me for V bucks, and i'll be telling him like wow 20 pounds to i don't know what it is like change the outfit on your fortnight guy or something and it's just like wow this kid does not know the value of money so i i actually i try to speak to him but honestly he's 12 and i can't you know drill it into his head every day because i don't live with him if i did honestly he'd hear me all the time uh-huh. but he goes to, he goes to school monday to friday and I think there's more of a tendency for younger people to listen to teachers rather than their family. They're just like, oh, my sister's nagging me. My mom's nagging me. But when it comes to their teachers, you know, they'll be like, oh, wow, this is a they won't think of it. Might not think of it like this. But, you know, their subconscious will be like, wow, well, this is a professional. I need to listen to what they're saying. Teachers are literally the people that are going to, you know, make sure that I'm a success in life. Because, you know, you listen to your science teacher, you listen to your English teacher, you listen to your maths teacher. So if somebody was to come in and say, guys, this is, you know, how you could manage your money and do great things with your money, you most likely listen. So I think it should be taught from, you know, say, for example, year seven. Some schools may be like, our our students are a bit more switched on. It could be a bit earlier. Um, you know, like maybe primary school year five, year six, but at least year seven, because before you know it, you're in year 11 and you're going off to work. You've, you've had a CV workshop and now, you know, you've got your first job at JD. So I think that you know, as early as possible, but for people to, for young people to absorb the information, maybe around the age of like 11, 12, when they're in year seven. Um, and when it comes to rebuilding the curriculum, I remember in my maths lessons in school, they were saying, okay, we're going to do like real life application maths. But we were just sort of like, okay, you go to the supermarket, you've got one pound <laughs> twenty, and, you know, you spent 50p, how much change do you have? I don't yeah. actually care. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. teach me that. Like, teach me what adding and subtracting is going to, you know, how it's going to be beneficial to me. They never taught me how Pythagoras theorem would be beneficial though. But yeah, teach me how adding a subtraction and dividing would be, you know, beneficial to me. But at the same time, you could really apply that to a budget. You know, you could say, okay, you've got £200, you're at the shops, what are you going to buy? And, you know, there could be items, for example, there could be a TV for £200, or there could be, you know, broccoli for 60p, you could have, you know, some rice for a pound, you know, things like that. And then just seeing where people's mindsets are at, at the same time, you're still actually learning because at the end of the day, you know, your teacher can say, okay, how much money do you have left? So yeah, I personally don't think... To... Sorry, I was going to say, I do don't do... personally think it's that... I don't think it's that difficult, but at the same time, I'm, I don't, I'm not sort of a contributor to the curriculum. So, I, you know, if anybody is, tell me, just let me know, you know, is that something that is realistic? Because I, I'm not sure at all.
0: Yeah, to build upon what you just said, you know, um, maybe when you're being taught about division or whatever, it could be instead of so and so wants to go to the supermarket to buy some apples, it could be so and so is trying to save up a house deposit of this much. So for how many years would they? How many months would they need to save if this is the total amount? Or exactly. You know, that so make it more directly applicable to real life. I could get behind yeah. that. Yeah. Um, we've had more comments nikita i'll just um read some of them out um so alison J says uh in response to save like a bears um thing about like traveling the world and then only realizing about personal finance the trap so many of us fell into um then the icing on the cake is what's this pension thing about
1: yeah Yeah. pensions
0: I remember leaving school and seeing pensions as being for grown-ups or for people who are at a later Mm -hmm. life stage when actually it's something that you ideally want to get started on as early as possible due to um, compounding. Here's a question that um, I think would be interesting to get your view on Nikita and it's from Baljeet and it's, what are your thoughts on motivating youth to invest in cryptocurrency?
1: um so when it comes to cryptocurrency uh it's very very volatile like that last year was amazing you know if you cashed out last year you was making a lot of money especially like bitcoin for example but now at the moment it's just it's slowed down quite a lot so to be honest even put, putting the volatility aside a lot of people get scared when it comes to investing they're like wow my money's um my money's gone down but that's literally what investing is, you know, up, down, left, right. We just hope that the company doesn't go bust and we're on zero. Um, so it doesn't, when it comes to investing, I think that's, personally, I think it's the last thing that people should do. So if you've got your budget in place, you'll be able to see how much you can even afford to invest. And most of the time for young people, it's it's not much. Um, so maybe your focus should be on something else, especially if you've just started out with, you know, getting your finances in order and, you know, uh, looking into financial education. Um, but I do know a lot of young people jumped into investing in cryptocurrency because it sounded so great. But if you don't have any education behind it, if you don't even know what it is, because for example, somebody thought that Bitcoin mining was actually going out to a mine and digging up Bitcoin. And this was a young person. Fair enough. So it's like you clearly did not educate yourself. You just heard it was a great opportunity. Um, so when it comes to investing, young or old, it honestly doesn't matter on your age. You should really, I say, speak to a professional first. Honestly, i i can't uh, I can't sort of say you know if it's a good or bad idea. It's actually it actually depends on your personal circumstances. But I think usually most of the time, what I find is that it's not a good idea at the time. Because people don't even have, you know, the, the basic things, like a budget. So you'll be investing, but, for example, you need to travel to university and it's going to cost you £100, but you've gone and invested that £100 into cryptocurrency. So it's like, wow, okay, I can't even do that now. Um, yeah. So,
0: yeah. I don't know, do, again, sorry, do do go on, didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, me.
1: no, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Um, yeah, so, Baljee, just to build upon what Nikita said, I think that... Um, encouraging young people to invest in cryptocurrency specifically um, could be argued that that is quite prescriptive because there are investing principles um, such as investing in what you understand, um, understanding how compound um, interest works, uh, knowing the difference between different assets. Cryptocurrency is one kind of asset, but there are also stocks, bonds, property. There are all sorts of different things you can invest in. So starting with the basic investing principles, I would say is more important than invest in this or that. Because if you have the fundamentals and the principles in place, then you can actually make up your own mind as to what you want to invest in and when. I've never invested in cryptocurrency, for example. That doesn't mean that um, I won't in the future but um that 's just some that 's a decision I was able to make based upon what i 've learned about investing to date and then as I learn more about cryptocurrency, I may well go on to to invest in it so I would say that we stick with the with the fundamentals
1: yeah exactly, so literally starting with the fundamentals and even you know, for example, if you want to start out investing in general, you know download an app for example, that has a sort of like a demo mode because sometimes you'll start investing and you're just thinking, what are these graphs, what are these numbers what's what what are these colors all about and one way to learn of course that sometimes the easiest way to learn something is to do it so if you're using a demo account, you're not using your real money, you can see how things actually work, so that might be a a good place to start and um as you said. Um, you know, there's different types of um, things that you can invest into. And when it comes to cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency is not a physical thing. This is what people need to understand as well. It could be here today, gone tomorrow. So you really need to do your research and, you know, which um, which currency are you investing in? You know, what's happening with it? For example, uh, last year I invested into Ripple XRP and they got taken to court. Well, I think it was, oh, I can't remember which court it was. I think it's SEC. Well, they I got
0: and exchange commission
1: yes yes so there there was a there was a problem there and of course um as you would expect my money just started to decline it did eventually go back up a bit but you know you really when you're investing it's almost like a second job you really need to keep your ear to the streets hear about what's going on um and just keep yourself educated you can't just for example decide to you know invest into um a coin today and just hope in the next year, it's going to be doing great things. You literally need to keep on top of it. You have to keep on top of it. But if you want to start out investing in general, and you know you don't really want to manage your portfolio that much, you want to have a look at it every so often. A good place to start maybe like uh, maybe be like ETFs, um, because they don't take much management. Um, so. Yeah, I'm not going to explain what an ETF is because I do want anybody that wants to start investing to actually, you know, educate themselves. So go have a look around and see what an ETF is and if it appeals to you, if you've got the money for it and things like that, it may be a great place to start for you.
0: We've got another comment here Nikita um, yeah. uh, from special KO as maths uh, now looks at interest compounding percentages best value as a business teacher who was having a moment as a maths teacher. I was very happy to get the students in year eight and have those topics. So this is one of the things for me about um, talking about the curriculum. I'm very careful, although I'm sure I've fallen short of this from time to time, very careful not to slate like teachers.
1: Yeah. Because
0: I know a fair few teachers they work so hard. Like the job is twenty four seven almost, and they really care. The vast majority of them about the success of their students. Mm-hmm. Um, so something I just yeah would encourage us to be mindful of is like yeah. the focus is more on the information that's being shared rather than yeah. on any an individual teacher.
1: Yeah, they don't they don't have much control of the information that they they need to share. Um, because I have quite a vivid memory of school. And I always remember that, you know, we would get these these sheets and it would say, you know what, we're going to be taught every term. And it was literally the same for me and friends that didn't even go to the same school, because at the end of the day, yeah. the yeah. curriculum is literally blanket for practically yeah. everybody.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, we're almost at the part of the conversation where we are uh, going to the rapid fire questions. I can see, yeah. um, Uh, a fair few more people have joined us so um, welcome we're here with Nikita we're talking about rebuilding the curriculum uh, regarding financial education just uh, my final question on this section of the conversation uh, Nikita is um, like what where do you see the future of the curriculum going you've kind of talked about your experience um, and how you would rebuild it today, so what would you like to see in the future
1: um so to my understanding, from what I can see when it comes to schools now is like a lot of schools are becoming like um academies, so they're being a bit more privatized from my understanding anyway um, so I mean, I feel like even though a lot of like for example teachers and parents don't particularly like it because of the finance the finance side of it. Um, hopefully they can sort of sway away from the, from the, you know, the national curriculum. I'm not sure because as I said, I'm not a teacher, but you know, hopefully they can get people like myself and yourself in on a regular basis to, you know, deliver workshops, um, even make worksheets, help the math teachers out, for example, help the PSHE teachers out, um, giving them content that they can, you know, feed to these children because you know it's becoming more apparent that we need this financial education not just here literally all over the world everybody needs it um so hopefully in the future it can become more of a thing and you know as we um as i'm getting older i'm finding that you know a lot of teachers are actually my age a lot of teachers are people that i went to school with and
0: sorry to jump in there but that's so funny when you realize that isn't it like when you're a child every adult is like just like a proper adult and yeah. then like you get well i'm not saying that people our age are proper adults but you know yeah. what i mean but then you get older and you're like oh wow so miss so-and-so was like 25.
1: yeah literally yeah <laughs> it's so it's crazy a, it's yeah.
0: to, as you get older but sorry do, do continue um,
1: so i i do find that you know we're we're sort of on the same page we've all sort of realized that wow we've become adults and we're just like what do i do from here so hopefully um hopefully teachers can have more of an opinion on what actually happens in schools now um i mean the whole everything's just become so unorthodox these days that i'm sure that they could you know throw that in there but um hopefully going forward the curriculum can at least include not replace anything hopefully include things like financial education um, because at the end of the day you know as we as we discussed you know you could put it into a maths lesson okay you've got this amount of money what would you do with it or you want to save for a mortgage um how much do you need to save every month and hopefully we can use real numbers as well not like okay you need to save 100 pounds for your mortgage like no let's be realistic let's put the zeros in front of that yeah, <laughs> and make it yeah. realistic um so yeah hopefully going forward financial education can be included Or, you know, if they don't have, for example, the the resources to include it, at least guide the students our way. You know, there's a lot of financial um, educators out there. At least guide them our way. Um, Yeah, I've just seen a comment pop up saying we definitely need financial education for kids. 100%. 100%. Because the earlier that it's instilled into their brains, you know, that you've got £10, don't just go spending it all on sweets. You know, as they start to get more money, they'll become a lot more mindful. They'll they'll start to understand the value of money a lot more. For example, when I was um, sixteen and I started working, I was told, "Okay, make sure you save your money." Like, okay, I'll start. I'll save a bit of money. No direction, just you know, bit of money here, bit of money there. There was none for paying myself first. No way. Um, but then I'd be saving this money, and I'd be like, "I'm not really saving for anything. So I'm just gonna go buy some trainers. I've saved enough for that. Just gonna do that." I'm not I saying that was. That. I remember yes.
0: that too. I remember being younger and the concept of saving money. Oh, shout out Mike, KBM, Finesse My Finance in the comments. Great to see you. Um, also a former guest on the show. I, yeah, I remember being young yeah. and the idea of saving money for seemingly no reason at all just seemed really yeah. random. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, yeah, it's like, it's like wild, it's crazy. It was, crazy. Um, it was like, like, like- why, what am I saving for?
0: yeah yeah totally that was how i um, felt as well save like a bear's just made a good point actually has anyone seen martin lewis's textbook for schools i have i actually downloaded it when he first launched it a few weeks ago um you could download it as a pdf have you seen it nikita
1: i haven't seen it and i literally follow him as well and i've not even heard of it so it's it's sort of like somebody needs to shout these things from the rooftops because i didn't I'm on social media. I mean, I don't watch the news. I doubt it was on there, but I'm on social media. I've got um, I've got Martin Lewis on Twitter. Um, I was like, I haven't heard of it. You know, for example, yeah. when the ULES charge came into London, everyone with a diesel car was like, "Just getting this fine. I've never heard of this thing before." He's literally <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, he had to fund it himself. I think he had to spend a quarter of a million of his own money. Wow in collaboration with Young Enterprise, which is actually an organization that does go into schools yeah. and does deliver um, financial education, like quite, you know, high quality, quite engaging financial education topics. Um, I volunteered with them um, a couple years ago. I think just to kind of conclude on all of this is I think that, um, yes, it's very important that we have this education in school. Um, and call, But call me biased. I also think that the power of content and of social media cannot be underestimated because
1: exactly.
0: you have a brother who's 12. My youngest brother is 15. When they aren't in school, they're online. And mm-hmm. that is where they're learning about everything, like what to spend money on, like what's popular, what's not, like music, TV, film, all of these things. So. I think that the work that we do is really important as well yeah. because um, school is a physical place that you can go to and learn about things, but school is also a verb, you know, it is the process of learning and you can learn anywhere at any time through the power of the uh, the internet and on social media.
1: Exactly, because um, even, even for example, if you know in the schools they find that they don't actually have the resources to, you know, get people in or they don't have the time, it's it could be as simple as, you know, at the end of the lesson, oh guys, if you've got Instagram, check out this page. Mm. Like a teacher could have like vetted a page, seen like, oh yeah, this this looks great, or a school could have vetted a page and be like, Oh guys, you should just have a look. You know, they're talking about good stuff over here.
0: Yeah. So
1: uh, yes. Cool. Definitely.
0: Um I'll just finally read out uh, Special KO's uh, comment and then mm. um we can go on to rapid questions. So Special KO says the textbook is good but a problem is finding time to fit it in amongst everything else they must learn okay so this is the beauty of having an actual teacher like on the <laughs> on the life because uh this is um what you said nikita which is the resources are good but from what special ko is saying there's no time
1: there's yeah no time
0: to it completely outside of her control
1: yeah exactly and It's almost as if, you know, if you if you tell the kids to do it at home, what's what's the chances of that happening? So with something like an Instagram platform, they're on there anyway. You can literally they can just go and search the page and just have a look. And if they like it, hopefully turn on notifications or something. But, yeah, I do understand with something like a textbook. Honestly, if I was to leave school and then be told to go home and look at a textbook, I'd be like don't really want to do that (laughs) (laughs) it's like leaving work and then being told okay when you get home you need to go on your laptop again you'll be like oh my gosh i've literally just sat on it all day so yeah Yeah.
0: cool really enjoyed this conversation um everyone um listening in thank you for your contributions thank you especially to you uh, special ko um for sharing your perspectives as a teacher now to the rapid fire questions
1: um
0: Nikita, what has been your biggest financial achievement to date?
1: Biggest financial achievement? Oh, I think investing in my business. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was good things done with my money.
0: Awesome. Um, What one piece of money advice would you have given to yourself 10 years ago?
1: Pay yourself first. Yeah stop paying everybody else <laughs> stop paying the shops pay yourself first
0: pay yourself first it's, first. it's timeless but uh, it works
1: yeah definitely
0: if you were to win the lottery let's say you were to win 10 million pounds how would you spend that money or how would you allocate that money
1: how would i allocate the money so i would invest in or start my own e-commerce business because e-commerce is literally the way forward now um and then um, real estate as well. Assets, basically, assets. And then I would also enjoy myself as well because when it comes to money, I always say to people, set aside a bit to enjoy yourself. You know, you didn't come, on, you didn't come into this world to just work and save and be bored, <laughs> yeah.
0: What are your long-term money goals?
1: Um, long-term money goals, uh, sort of like if I was to win the lottery, um, so to invest in properties, um, and also spend my money traveling the world.
0: Yeah, I think, um, just as I've gotten older, you know, um, I, I think, I think like investing, saving, making money, business, all those things are important, but, um, I'm also learning how to include within that the importance of like experiences and like yeah. life as well yeah empowered yeah. by experience, experiences said yes a little play is great for the soul it definitely is yeah Most
1: definitely. exactly
0: um and finally what does success mean to you
1: success to me is literally like being happy not having a thousand tabs open in my head <laughs> <That is laughs> literally not having a thousand tabs open because at the end of the day you know you can be you know you can have the best job ever so people think but well, you're really stressed out at work for example um but you know if that with being financially free for example um I really think that contributes to um being successful not saying that you need to have all the money in the world but, you know, being able to just get up in the morning and be happy, it would just a great feeling because I think money problems are a huge contributor to people's happiness. Like, I would say it's the number one, but somebody might give me a statistic and say it's something else. But from money's what I've seen...
0: Money's definitely yeah, up there.
1: So. Yeah. What I've seen, what I've experienced, money is literally a huge contributor to people's feelings and thoughts. So success to me is actually being financially free and being happy. Yeah.
0: Love it. That brings us to the end of today's conversation. Um, Thank you so much for uh, just speaking with us and sharing your your thoughts and your expertise. Is there anyone you want to shout out or anything you want to plug?
1: Well, thanks for having me. Um, So, well, basically shout out everyone that's here. You shouted out um, Cece Ray earlier. She's actually just great at marketing. She's redoing my website at the moment. So if you guys want to visit... Pardon?
0: Sweet. That's awesome.
1: So Yeah, she's she's redoing my website at the moment. So you guys can visit my website, but the best place at the moment would be at youngspender underscore, which is um, tagged into the the pinned title of today. Um, Also, shout out to everyone that's helped me along the journey of Young Spender. Uh, Timmy. You've been a great help. I've had Selena from Black Girl Finance, Ranish, um, Mike, who you shouted out earlier. If I forgot anybody, sorry, it's like it's like I'm receiving like a Grammy and I'm forgetting like my producer or something. But uh, yeah, thank you to everybody. Um, but yeah, do follow. Um, I will be posting a lot more content soon. Just so I was sort of rebranding a little bit. There's going to be a few tweaks, but at the end of the day, the information is the most important thing. So, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this conversation. Do share it with anybody that you think needs to hear it, even if you share with teachers, so they could give their opinion because, you know, myself and Timmy, we are not teachers. So we would love to hear, you know, what you guys think about the curriculum because you essentially have to look at it every day um, because teaching seems like a 24-7 job. So do let us, know. let us know if we can make your life easier as well because that would be that would be great because you might want to give the the kids the content, but you don't know what to say. So we could, we could really help you out.
0: Awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, thank you for coming on Nikita. Thank you to everyone at home who, um, tuned in, um, this episode, I don't shout this enough, but like every, you can listen to every episode, episode of this show as a podcast. So, The podcast of this will be coming out um, later on this week as well. Um, I hope that everyone has a great evening and rest of week, and we'll be back next week with another special guest. So until then, take care.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye
0: Bye-bye.